Cyril. What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lechdog. I'm joined by Patch. Patch, how are you? I'm okay, Lechdog. I'm alright. We we're back into the swing of things with some men's footy with some practice matches and stuff that were kind of half televised. So it's, it's, mm. it's interesting. It's a strange time to be alive. <laughs> I wouldn't consider much of what happened over the last weekend uh, football, but there was... Some games of Australian hey, rules football. There were played. there were balls, feet were involved somewhere, and it um, was available to be watched. Technically speaking, yes. Um, how much of it? I would would go straight into how, how much of it is usable. That's my answer to that. Yep, um, <sighs> I've cracked a can because the only way you can dive into this is and actually take it seriously is with a beer in hand. I think. Because, Patch, I watched too much of this. Not as much as the great Foz Daddy, who, uh, Matthew Forrest, who, writer for Jock Reynolds, writer for Geelong Advertiser, who sat down, watched every game, and recorded every CBA and kick in, which is madness. And every uh, every ruck sent about attendance every ruck as attendance. well. So, apart from him, I sat down and watched a lot of these games, and I just, I don't know what to take out of it. Did anything change your mind? Has. Did you let this affect you at all? So what I did, I, I didn't get the chance to watch many of these games because they were on Thursdays and Fridays, um, which were days which I was doing my job and working um, and managed to watch a little bit on uh, the Thursday night, the Friday night, whichever night they had games on, I watched a little bit um, of one or two games and um, then kind of fed in off what a lot of people were saying on social media and the match reports. I kind of, you know, looked through those. Um, and what I got out of it is that every single player in my dynasty keeper league is going to do incredibly this year. And then I got to the end of, I got to the Friday night and I, uh, I, you know, changed my team and threw everybody that had done well in the team and then hit clear team and then put what I had back in there beforehand. I got, I just got it all out. Um, Very good. Because there, there is a little bit of intel to take out of it, but basically the only stuff that I I would take out of these games, I would need to see backed up in the next week of practice matches in the next week or so to have any bearing on what I'm doing. And you, as you've alluded to, you're also a skeptic as to how much information that comes out of these is good or useful. I think we're probably given more information around the, the sort of 22nd, 23rd men than we are anything else. You know, Chin Cotter played for Carlton, so did uh, so did uh, Hollands and so did Cowan. Hollands, I think, we know is probably going to play an, a significant amount of games this year, but it's interesting to see that Chin Cotter and uh, Cowan played. So I had some interest in that respect. I had some interest in seeing that Matthias, Matthias Philippou uh, kicked into gear after that first half where he didn't touch the ball. Uh, there is some interest there. I don't think we should let this sway our decision on premiums, 
There's no. some information I guess we can get out of roles for mid prices, but I think I'm with you. The the what happens next week and is carried over from this week is what's going to be interesting. Exactly. Like we see James Sicily get given set of bounce attendances and unless it happens again next week, I'm not gonna put any any stock in that because there are a few players missing from a bunch of different sides. Um but yeah, I think I think it's more about the rookies, more about the you know is is the one guy you're like deciding to keep in a keeper league going to be worth keeping, or do you ditch him? Um, because there's there's not a huge amount you can really really pull out. But we'll we'll have a quick look game by game, quickly squeeze across. Um, you know what what did seem interesting, what didn't seem interesting. Um, there wasn't a lot out interesting out of Geelong thrashing Hawthorne by eighty points in Geelong in a preseason game. Um, but I went back and watched the first quarter because I hate myself and I'm an absolute nuff. Um, and Asava Radigalia is looking interesting. Yes, he is. Uh, Matt Forrest, Foz Daddy, he's very close to Geelong. I don't think he's confident still that he's going to be the one that seeks the team. But if he gets named round one at 170k, yep, he's Ruck forward. Ruck forward is playing in defense. He, uh, he's someone we should consider, and that's what we're looking for, right? I'm looking for reasons. I think I spoke about it with Damo last week on the pod. Looking for reasons to not pick Ben King, and Asava Radigalia is probably a reason not to select Ben King if he's named and he plays well in the second game. Yeah, Fergus Green looked like somebody who, again, we we thought he would he would just play, and he played, and well, is playing as a as a you know, a, a medium-sized forward in Hawthorne's forward line, so will not touch the ball all that much, but um, looks like somebody we can uh, be pretty confident in uh, in bringing in. And, you know, I think Warple is just kind of, you know what you're going to get out of Warple. Yeah, and we right. saw, uh, sorry, um, Sicily, sorry. We, we saw yeah, what we're going to get out of him. Um, you knew that already. Nothing changed. Um, I, I would read nothing into the CBAs that he got. Yeah, so Foz put together the numbers for everyone to read. Follow him on Twitter at Matt, M-A-T-T, Forrest, F-O-R-R-E-S-T, 29. And while I'm shouting out people, go and follow, follow uh, the super coach godfather, Abdul, uh, who was top four finisher last year at Magic Moments 000. You'll know him from his famous YouTube videos. He's got us up to a 1,000, and you guys got us up to a 1,000 subscribers throughout the week, and he's doing it again with the center bounce so go and find him on youtube at abs magic abs magic um go and subscribe anyway foz he had the cbas for the first four periods of eight periods or whatever it was eight quarters please for, for geelong brune holmes dangerfield parfit guthrie atkins all had 30 percent or more clark and bose snuck in and hawthorne it was jai newcomb warple Day, Will Day, uh, and Ward and Husswaite, who had 30% or more. So there's some interest there in like a Husswaite at 123 grand. Not sure yep. he makes the team, but one to watch. And I've seen a few people on Ward, Josh Ward from last year as a second year breakout. I'm not particularly excited by him playing sort of an outside role, but what do you think? No, I, I think there's there's a little bit of interest in Will Day. I'll be watching him closely uh, in his next practice match just to see kind of, you know, the, the role's obviously there. They obviously need somebody in the midfield. So he's a person of interest, but I, I need to be doing a lot of work to get in that side. Josh Ward, I'm always sceptical of second-year players, not 
Um, you know, the, the second year Blues is is well touted, but you know, it's been debunked by a bunch of players. Um, I I still you know Ward dropped away a bit last year. He'll drop away again this year because he's young, and that's what happens. Um, I suspect he'll miss games either from being rested or um, from being injured because there are a lot of big bodies that he'll be coming up against in that midfield. And if he's being asked to play as a full-time mid, it's a, it's a big ask for a 19-year-old kid um, as good as he is. So, yeah, I'm still not crash hot on Warple as much as he's getting a bunch of centre bounces. He had, you know, 55 or whatever percent centre bounces. He still can't kick a ball to save his life. And Supercoach likes players that can kick balls to save their lives. Yeah, um agreed I'm, I'm not i'm not buying stock in him uh and the ruck attendances for hawthorne reeves had 73 percent for geelong stanley 60 percent and the next notable segler 40 percent and for hawthorne meek only at 17 percent so so it looks like meek's gonna play out of full forwards so if you were thinking of starting him for some ungodly reason probably wouldn't um That'll you know that centre bounce will increase as the season goes on, and uh, and they get Mitch Lewis back. But yeah, I just don't 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 do it. Don't do it. All right. Final thoughts on this game, Patch. In my um, team, from these two teams, I only had two players: Fergus Green and Josh Weddle. Fergus Green's going to stay on my bench. Weddle may come out for another defensive rookie. Uh, I am in the uh, exact same boat. I've got Radagalia in there, but he's kind of a placeholder, and he was someone that's not Ben King. After listening to you and Damo talk last week, I decided that yes, in fact, I Ben think King it's is a solid rule. <laughs> it's a pretty solid rule. Um, it's it's it does the job. Um, and at this stage, I don't have anyone else from that game. Geelong as well, a club I'm kind of trying to avoid, similar to Gold Coast, because they've got that early buy. So I want to stack up on those players after that buy where they um we go down to best 18 big chance to just pull ahead if you if you're playing against a, a team that's got james stewart and mitch duncan and jared witz and whoever else you would be starting from one of those two clubs all right suns bombers uh the headline cbas courtesy of matt forrest for the suns anderson 60 percent Rao 60 percent davies swallow blakely um, he was with the second group of midfielders. Yeah, they were all no, above 30%. No took Miller in that game no as well. No Miller. Uh, Flanders just 8.7%. For the Bombers, Parrish 78%. Uh, Setterfield 74%. Merritt 47 Caldwell at Perkins and Shield were all above 30%. And the ruck attendances for that game, let me find some. Gold Coast Wits had 58%. Uh, Ned Essendon Moyle. had 42%. Uh, Draper from Essendon had 42%. They were the leaders. And then it was like Phillips and, you know, yeah, God Nick, knows who, Moyle. Nick Bryan. Yeah, a few, few hangers on. Um, uh, and Foz actually did the kick-ins for this game as well. So Constable, Charlie Constable, uh, took 50% of the kick-ins for Gold Coast, played on four from four. Long took two from two. McPherson, one from one. And from Essendon... This is the one that's exciting. People Ridley took three from three, Hind one from two, Redmond and McGrath took one each as well. So they're your key stats from the game. Patch, what did you take out of it? Uh, Essendon are going to win the premiership in 2023. Didn't they cancel this game early while Essendon was ahead? They Both teams just decided, no, we're not playing anymore. You can't beat that strategy, Lake Dog. The second we start fast and then cancel the game, it's flawless. You do have to get ahead, though. That's that's the tricky bit for Essendon I, this year, I reckon. I 
what do you mean? I don't understand. Hmm? I'm not quite following you. We just get ahead and then we cancel the game. Yeah, what I'm suggesting is the get ahead part might be difficult for you. Huh? How? Explain how. (laughs) I don't, but we just just do it. Let's let's chat offline about Essendon. I've got some news to break to you. Um, I don't understand. Um, Did anyone put their hands up for you from this game that you weren't already considering? Um, look, Jordan Ridley, I've been trying to not consider for quite some time because he burnt me a bit last year. I, I want to see it in the flesh um, that he's he's playing, you know, not playing lockdown on a player. And I think that'll depend more on the availability of other players as opposed to uh, whether or not that's something that um, that our new coach is, is desperate for a for it to happen. I think it'll depend on if, if Brandon Zerk Thatcher is not fit or Zach Reed's out and Jaden Laverde's busy with Tom Hawkins, then, well, he's going to have to play on Jeremy Cameron or whoever else. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Mason Redmond's still in my side. Um, but again, there's nothing from this game that made me think more or less of him as a selection. Um, Setterfield's interesting, but I'm not I'm not going there. Um, and then it's hard to read too much into the, the Suns midfield um based on yeah based on the fact that took miller was out so um alex davies interests me but does does he get any mid time if if took miller's back i i don't know i i don't know charlie constable yeah yeah that'll that could happen yeah uh charlie constable is probably the one that i've got on on my bench i think everyone does if he we we said all preseason they need someone to be to take over one of those halfback sort of roles and apparently he's the one. I still just have this feeling in the back of my head that he's going to disappear, but that's all right. At the moment, he's in my side. Uh, I didn't take heaps out of this. For me, looking at my team, I had I've got Constable King and Parish in my team from this game. I mean, I'm not taking anything out of it, but it, it maybe adds 1% more lock to Darcy Parish for me. Um. Yeah, I mean, Jai Menzi was, was quite good, and yes, I think yes. there's um, every chance he gets to round one. He was a small forward, so you know what you're going to get with a small forward. They'll be 31 week, 65 the next week, 20 the next week, and then, yeah, it'll be very, very up and down. Um, Bally Humphrey is a rookie for the Suns. Still, like, he's, he's probably there round one. He's definitely there, I think, if if Miller doesn't get up. But I think he, he plays more forward than he does mids. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll have to see there. Um, but aside from that, there weren't too many players I was considering from either of these clubs. Um, obviously, the the guns at the top, um, you know, your, your merits, your parishes, they, they didn't get out of second year and you wouldn't expect them to. Um, so it's, but it's hard to read anything on Gold Coast with Took Miller and Jed Anderson both missing. Um, Brandon Alice missed as well. So there's there's a bunch of players that yeah. weren't lining up that, that that would take minutes. If Took doesn't play in um, the practice match, but is named in round one, what's your advice for people? Uh, go with your gut. I I I don't know. It's hard to judge really he might start a little bit slower he'll still be good he'll still be quite good but i i'm was already in the camp of hold off on gold coast and geelong players until after their their buy-in round eight nine um and then jump on then and this is probably helping the case that that took maybe dips in price a little bit and we try and pick him up as that that first really big upgrade in the middle agreed uh let's talk about the next game ruse v tigers oh god 
courtesy of Foz. CBAs after the first four quarters uh, for North, Uni- Davies Uni, 82%. Phillips, Zerha, Powell, all above 50%. Curtis Shields uh, filled out with like 10% each. Now in Richmond, it was Taranto and Hopper at 70% with Short. In the CBAs, Prestia uh, over 50% as well. Um, he was swapped out with Dow, who replaced him in that role. Kicking stats, Zebel, who was already locked into my team, played on five from five. Uh, so he might be just quietly uh, throwing away the key. McDonald, four from four. Rioli, five from six for Richmond. Vloston, four from four. And Ralph Smith, two from two. And the ruck situation, Tristan Cherry had 74% of the ruck nank. The third highest total point scorer in the ruck last year had 70%. And then I think it was just filled out by, yeah, Ben Miller. Uh, is that his name, Ben Miller? That's, yeah, Ben Miller. Uh, Callum Coleman Jones. Callum Coleman Jones, yeah. And I uh, think I'm assuming based on that that Todd Goldstein did not play for the North Melbourne. Uh, that is correct. Todd Goldstein was not playing. Neither was Ben Cunnington, Hugh Greenwood, Jai Simpkin. Um, obviously, Taran Thomas and Darcy Tucker was also not playing. George Wardlaw didn't get a run, um, which is a bit disappointing. We kind of wanted to see how he'd go. Um, so it's it's hard to read too much into, again, similar to the Gold Coast side because um, you're missing so many players. Um, you know, does Tom Powell get anywhere near that? Um, I don't know. Probably not. Does uh, Do we see Will Phillips getting as much game time? I, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to tell. So it's one you, you kind of need to watch. Next week, 66.7% CBAs for Will Phillips. So in there for a third of them, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to take too much out of the ruse um, there beyond Zeeble and Harry Sheasel, who lit it up and looks like he's, again, will be kind of a half forward. Um, so be slightly more consistent than the Jai Menzi, but will come in at, at nearly 200k, which um, are you are you interested there in, in Harry Sheasel? I actually haven't had a, him in my team, I don't think, at all at this stage. And the, the worry was about spending 200k on a guy that might just get stuck at sort of half forward. And he, he may he may outperform that, but I just think based on the players they bought in, both draftees, returning players like Will Phillips and mature ages like Liam Shields and Daniel Howe, I just couldn't see exactly where he fits in in the midfield. So he's a no from me. No, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, as, as you've spoken about Siebel pretty extensively, I think that just kind of confirms that that's, that's the defensive role he'll play. That means his value. It's 2021 all over again, um, hopefully without the, all the bad things that happened in 2021. But, uh, yeah, I think he's he's a pretty safe choice based on that. Um, but from Richmond, um, yeah, that's, that's their midfield. Hit send tweet. That's they're done. It's uh, do you have Tim Taranto in your side? Uh, I'm currently tossing up between I want Dunkley, Rosie, Taranto, and Dillmore. I want four of them, I have space for three of them. One of them will be Dunkley, so I'm kind of deciding between two of Rosie, Taranto, and Dillmore. And at the moment, yeah, Taranto, they're just interchangeably just fluffing around. I've um, seen some teams with Taranto. Or Rosie, or what Dunkley, or whatever, in the mid, sitting in the midfield, which initially I thought was crazy. As this preseason progresses, I'm starting to see some validity in it. In that you're locking in four 
in theory, underpriced forward options that are going to be top six to ten forwards, you'd think, if health permitting. Um, I don't know. I, I I really like my team as it is, and I just don't know if I can fit. I just don't know if I can fit Taranto in. Hopper is, is just in. He's just in. He's just in my team. Yep, Hopper's not currently in my team. I know his value. I know he'll he'll average, you know, 85, 90. I, I know he's good and sensible. He's just not in at the minute. I just didn't have the cash. I traded him down to Callahan from the Giants and then kind of didn't didn't have the cash to move him back. And I have no doubt he'll find his way back in because there's the role is there. We, we knew the role was there, but it's nice to see it confirmed. They weren't really missing anyone in the guts that would take the time um, out of take his time um, away from him in the midfield. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, forgot to mention when we did speak about, uh, by the way, Richmond, there might be a spot in there starting 23 available because uh, Castagna uh, retired today. Or, poor um, at poor time George. Of recording. Yeah, George Castagna retired today at time of recording. And I forgot to mention when we were talking Essendon that um, – there's a chance Dyson Hepp will, will miss with an injury at the start of the season. But to be honest, I thought there was a chance he'd miss even if he wasn't injured. Yep, correct. Uh, so I don't know how much that changes things. But yeah, uh, Castani wasn't playing in this game. Um, so yeah, interested to see um, what happens there. If that's more of a, uh, if we get, I, I assume it'll be like a Tyler Sonsi or a Thompson Dow or someone that we don't really um have much interest in from a, a Supercoach Classic perspective, but um, they did yeah. give some game time to Dow um, when he came in. Uh, he replaced Prestia in that in that game. Mm. So uh, I, I'm intrigued just to see who who they slide in, but I I don't know. I don't think it's relevant for for Supercoach. I don't think it's someone we'll be picking or a rookie that suddenly flies in. No, um, let's talk Swans Lions. I'll go through the CBAs. Are we this skipping a- over Geelong? Uh, Carlton and Collingwood? Uh, well, I just have Foz's stats up, so we'll do Lions, Swans first, oh, and then we'll go Carlton Collingwood. Um, Swans, Parker, Goulden, 70% each, CBA, Robot, and 55. He was talked about a lot by guys like uh, Statesman as a breakout this year. Warner, 44. Mills, 33. Roberts, 14. Lions, Neil, 67. Dunkley, 67. Love to see it. McCluggage, 63. Ashcroft, 44. Bailey, 33. And my boy, Reese Matheson, 18.5. And for the rucks in that game, McAndrew for Sydney was the main ruckman. Uh, Tom Hickey injured for for at least the first part of the season patch. There's potentially Mm. some interest there. And I've already forgotten who they played. Sydney v Lions, uh, Oscar McInerney took 51%. Darcy Fort took the other 50%. Um, yeah, McAndrew is the big one that's kind of bolted out of that game. I don't think we kind of realised. I certainly didn't realise how dire Sydney's ruck stonks were, and they're not they're not good. Um, but in terms of supercoach scoring, Lachlan McAndrew is also not good. Um, yeah, he is one hundred and twenty three k ruck forward though. He is. So I mean, there's there's interest there. It'll depend entirely on on Thomas Hickey and how far off playing football he is, because they will not persist with McAndrew for a minute longer than they have to, um, no, I feel. That's, so that's the question. You talk. I'm going to look up Tom Higgins' injury. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I don't think there'll be too much scope there. Matty Roberts interests me as well. Um, he had massive, massive numbers as a junior. The Phantom from Supercoach Lair loves him. Uh, he scored a bunch of 200s in his under-18 year in South Australia. Um, maybe there's scope for him in there. Callum Mills, not a lot of centre bounces, is interesting. Um, very, very interesting. I know there's been discussion, and I think Damo talked about it on a mailbag, um, that... There's every chance that Mills goes back, especially when the Swans start doing poorly. Um, they might push him back into defence just to calm everything down. Um, Errol Goulden, though, if anyone was jumping on top of him, you'd be very, very heartened by what you saw uh, with 70-odd percent. Centre bounds attendances looks like they are using him as a midfielder based on that. You'd want to see that confirmed next week, um, but it's certainly an interesting one and, and could throw a few structures out if he suddenly, you know, he does it again next week and we then have to try and scramble and see if there's a way to to fit him in. He's an exciting player. He's a very, very exciting player. What an awkward price of about 470k. You're basically betting him against Rosie, uh, Taranto, etc., which is probably a pretty difficult uh, roll of the dice, but... Um, mm. But, I mean, on the flip side, if you've, if you've done your team and you've got somehow got 100k left over you can potentially go up from a jack siebel stepping stone to a, a you know top 10 forward in in golden if he does get that throughout the season so there's there's still a bit of intrigue there if you've still got a five for a siebel and you're, you're looking to go up i'll say that the benefits of someone like a jack siebel this is just thinking off the top of my head is that we know he's going to gain defensive status um so Assuming he comes out and is scoring well, you got to also weigh that up. That it, it at round six, you may you will be able to swing him into defence. I'd factor that in a little bit into decision making. Yeah, and that's that's fair. It's uh, I think something just to monitor at this stage. I wouldn't be moving my moving heaven and earth and, and switching my entire structure around to fit Errol Golden in, but something to watch next week. Yep, and for me, this hasn't changed anything. I've still got Ashcroft and one of Wilmot or um, what's his name? Connor McKenna. Depends which one gets named. Yeah, and I, I I still reckon there's only space for one of them, but we'll we'll see. Um, there's every chance they kind of swap around a little bit and... You know, Wilmot's a sub or McKenna. I think McKenna would be a really good sub from a football perspective because he's real speedy and can play forward or back. Um, yeah, I think there's um, there's scope either way. Wilmot uh, was part of the wing rotation, um, so it's interesting to see um, how he goes there and, and where he kind of fits in. They're going to be so good. Uh, okay. Let's talk. I, um, Blue I'm intrigued as well before we move on. Da, Joyce. Da, da. Da, da. Um, I don't know. Maybe if he gets a run, that's something I'll be it's funny. To keep an eye out. I for. actually have been kicking his name around in the back of my head because I was going through. Because it's a great 100, name. He is 180K, though, which is the downside. So he's not super bargain priced. He faces Port Adelaide in his first game, and here's his career average against Port Adelaide, or his last three scores, mm-hmm. 35, 38, and negative three. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Never mind about Daha. I'll just read out his averages versus opponent. 23.3, 33, 60, 46, 59, 40, 40, 33, 45, 59, 46. Yeah, I thought he was 120K. He should not be someone we're looking at. Nope, all right. I didn't realize he was 180K either. Um, So moving right along. 
All right, Carlton v Collingwood. I went to this game. I had a you good day out. Absolute enough areas going to Icon Park. It was packed, and game. I just kept saying, "Why are all these people? Here? Don't you all have jobs?" <laughs> <laughs> Carlton uh, CBAs, Cripps eighty four percent, Hewitt seventy percent, Kennedy sixty percent, Chera forty eight, Doherty thirty six, and that was basically done in one quarter. Collingwood. Degoe, 64, Nick Dacos, 52, Crisp, 44, Adams, 40, Mitchell, Tom Mitchell, 36, Lipinski, Elliott, and Dacos all went into one or two. Kick-ins, Saad, three from four. I like Saad as a pod this year. Was very high in total points last year. Newman, two from two. Howe, Jeremy Howe, three from four. Maynard Moore and Dacos, one from two and two from two, respectively. In the rucks, it was uh, Tom DeConning. Mark Pitnett still getting fitness, played in the reserves game afterwards. And for Collingwood, it was it was not great signs if you're a uh, Tarsi Cameron owner, uh, if you're taking anything out of this. Cox was the main man in the ruck. I Well, yeah. I, and I, I'll just say this, that uh, Tarsi Cameron got absolutely bodied by Tom DeConning. He got absolutely destroyed by him when he went in there. Um, and Darcy Cameron's also coming back from a hamstring injury as well. So mm. I'd be expecting a little bit of just, he's just getting miles in the legs. I would be reassessing next week. Um, but yeah, the fact that he's being bodied by Tom DeConning is not a great sign. No, 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 it's not. But don't say that the Carlton people will come for you. Uh, <laughs> so I guess my takes out takeouts from this game, I actually thought Tom Mitchell didn't look that explosive or impactful, but then apparently he had like 28 disposals and was just jogging. So he averages like 50 against Carlton. So I wouldn't stress too much. I, I don't think this game should sway anyone one way or the other. I'm devastated Tom Mitchell can't play against Collingwood this year. Yes, they just don't They just don't tag him and he gets 53 touches. <laughs> I liked what I saw with Nick Dacos, and it's nothing to do with the midfield time. It's just that he continues to be a seagull and get cheapies out the back, and that's what I want. I want a man just absolutely accumulating the pill. Yeah, I don't think there's... I'm in the camp where I currently don't have him, and I don't really want him because it feels like a vanilla boring option, but it feels like the vanilla boring option we're all going to have to make because he's very good and very underpriced. And it feels like it'll be Holland's and one of Chincotta or uh, Cowan playing for the Blues in round one. I would have Cowan slightly ahead, although I wouldn't be surprised if both miss. Obviously, if they're named, you probably play them. I don't know what Holland's scoring output's going to be, but 166K, a starting 22 wing rotation player who spent a little bit of time. The, the, the thing the Blues did that interested me, they spent a lot of time swinging their, rotating their wingers, through defence, forward, and on the wing. So I want to watch the Sydney game, see if that happens again. But Hollands looks like he's going to be a secure pick. Did Sam Doherty spend any time on the wing or it was just in the centres to begin with and then straight down back? No, he he ran with... uh, Who was he running with at times? I'm struggling to remember. He basically followed Degoe around for a bit. So he he did push up the ground uh, defensively. And then in the third quarter, he played almost exclusively as a midfielder from memory and then a little bit of midfield, but mostly defense uh, when in the fourth quarter. I actually thought we looked better when he was in the midfield, although we did concede more goals when he was out of the back line. So take from that what you will. I I don't think that changes too much of what we're expecting from Sam Doherty 
anyway. Yes, so I've said it before, midfield or defense, I think he's going to average a pretty high amount. Yep, he's good at football, and he, he's currently in my side, despite uh, talking about going very light in the back line. He's, I've been playing around a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't... I. Want to see it again next week, but Collingwood's midfield mix kind of scares me, and I don't really want to rely on a Tom Mitchell getting CBAs or a, yeah, it just kind of worries me a little bit. Look, I think Tom Mitchell's going to give us Tom Mitchell things. I just think the ceiling might decrease slightly from what we've previously seen, and that's enough for me to not start him. Yeah. There is a chance that he's this year's Paddy Cripps, but I'm not. I'm not sold on it. No, neither. Uh, Nick Dacos, the only player from this uh, game that's in my team. Asterix, my rookies aren't locked in. So I'm sure there'll be a couple from Carlton that pop in. Next game patch was the Saints v. D's, courtesy of Matt Forrest. Stop, stop. They're already dead. (laughs) So... Saints, CBA, Steel, 88%. Crouch, 83%. Winnega, 42%. Gresham, Clark, and Sinclair all at 30% each, or just under 30% each. Demons, Oliver, 70 Petrarca, 50 Petrarca season. Viney, 45 Harms, 45 Pickett, 42 uh, And Grundy had 58% of centre bounces, and Gorn had 42 Kickins, May, 6 from 9. Bowie, or Bowie, 2 from 2. Sinclair, 1 from 4. Wangaline Malera, one from two, and the ruck for St. Kilda was do, 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 Rowan Marshall with 83% of CBAs attended. Yep, uh, Rowan Marshall is a good pick. He's a great pick. He's, 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 he should be in most sides, and I don't think if they were ever going to try Tom Campbell or try some weird ruck setup, this was going to be it, but basically the only other ruck they used was Machito Owens went up for a ruck contest, um, which shows how dire things are down at Moorabbin um, in terms of big man stonks. But yeah, Marshall is is locked in based on that. And then also, if you wanted to pick Clayton Oliver or Christian Petrarca, do it. D- yep. Do it. Christian, I, I don't want to have stacked too many players with the same buy, but Christian Petrarca was one that's floated in and out of my team. Happy to just stick with Clayton Oliver. Uh, this is how certain Ross is that he's playing Rowan Marshall as a ruck. They played Zane Cordy as a forward. Yep. Star yep. off-season recruit, Zane Cordy. Um, Nick Caulfield it- and Seb Ross played in the reserves, but interestingly and sadly for Saints fans, Jack Billings fractured his leg in the reserves game, and he'll be out for at least eight weeks, I think. Eight yeah, weeks of the season. Which gives you know gives someone a run in there. Um, who knows who it is. Keep an eye on that for next week. Um, you know, if it's Caulfield, you're you're pretty happy with Caulfield and pretty excited by him, aren't you? Uh, he's not in my team, but if he's named, I'll play him. Uh, and Mateus Philippou has jumped to 43% because for many reasons, I'd say Billings injury one, similar sort of forward role. Here's my issue with Mateus. He's going to be like an impact player, which is great if you're impacting. Yep. Is he going to impact, particularly at St. Kilda, who I uh, don't think are going to be the most fantastic Elite team in the AFL? I no, no. I mean, he, look, he'll he'll be good in a few years. Does he hit the ground running from from day dot? I I don't know. 
I, if there are other rookies at cheaper prices, I will be selecting them um, because I think he'll he'll largely play forward. That's where he played a lot. Um, you know, in his draft year, I think when he when he went up to senior level to to reserves and league, he he played forward, um, and he might get he might pinch hit a little bit in the middle, but I wouldn't be banking on it, um, and certainly won't be if there are other options up forward. Um, for him so jack sinclair interesting do you think he i'm not sure that many people are picking him anyway but does he does he regress a little bit this year that's a great question uh, i'm always gonna pretty much always gonna pick players to regress after they've had a career best year so what was he he was the seventh ranked player last year scored 2500 points for the season averaged 113.7 not a lot of up to go from there. I don't think there's a lot of up. There's I think a that's lot what I'm of down. For. Unless your name's Clayton Oliver, I'm looking for up, and I don't yeah. think there's a lot of up in Jackson. No, Clayton. I think there's. You know, he might repeat it, in which case there'll be a point where we can pick him up a bit cheaper. So I don't think you'd really be looking to start him. Jack Steele really interests me. He's been interesting me for a while. He's underpriced for what he can produce. God, he's good at football. God, he will be back to. Um, no full fitness, it looks like. He had a few niggles last year, which kind of kept him out of the centre square and, you know, not quite um, doing Jack Steele things. So he went like three weeks where he got like two tackles for the whole the, the whole stretch of weeks. So I uh, I think he'll be back. Um, on the Melbourne yeah. side of things, are you still interested in Brody Grundy? No. Uh, and for no reason other than I think a couple of guys might be putting their hands up in a more secure role. So at the moment, I've got Tim English in there. He's an injury risk, but I think he, even at 580K, has some upside. Sean Darcy, solo ruck. Riley O'Brien, not a sexy pick, but solo ruck. I think I've just, I still, I do think Brody Grundy at 512K is too cheap. And he did have the majority of rucks compared to Gorn, but I, I, Oh, the majority there on a technicality, though. And, you know, Brady Grundy, I saw a few clips, and I know a lot of, you know, mainly from people who already don't like Brady Grundy, but he's not a forward. He, he can't play. He, he's not good at playing forward. Um, so, someone put up, I can't remember who, that the, the best combo ever was Cox and Nick Nat or whatever it was. Mm. And they averaged, like, I want to say 220 points. Yeah, was, Together. I think there was a year when Nick Nat averaged 115 and Cox averaged 110, 105. Yeah, something um, like that. And you take Gorn and Brody Grundy's scores from last year and it's less than that. And it's like, it's going to be hard for them to be relevant. They would have to be the best duo of rucks in Supercoach ever to be relevant. And But I think just the, the nature of like in that, you know, the good old days, and we were talking about this a while ago, of like, oh, the first years he played Supercoach where I remember picking Dean Cox and him being the best. Um, like Nick Nat played as a ruck rover. Like he would, yeah. he would, you know, tee it up so he wouldn't start in there, but then he'd go in halfway through and then by the time Cox was ready to go out, he'd have been playing, you know, 10 minutes as a ruck rover and then just go into the ruck. And that's not what Max Gorn and Brody Grundy will be doing because they're one, not midfielders, and two, they've got arguably the best midfield in the comp around them at their feet in Oliver, Brayshaw, um, you know, Petrarca, not that, Brayshaw actually had minutes in there, but um, yeah, like they've got a lot of very good players at their feet and they're not going to be throwing one of them in. So I, 
I'm not I'm not hugely interested in either of them at this stage. And yeah, it's just it I would have wanted to see Max Gorn be playing forward for seventy percent of the game and, and pinch hitting. Um but that's I mean, you're not gonna do that to an all Australian ruck. Yeah, so the only players from this game I have in my side are Oliver, Steele, Marshall, and uh, potentially some rookies in Matthias Philippou, but at the moment he's not in there. Yep, I've got yeah Marshall and Steele um, and Oliver, and I will yeah look at a few others. I'm really intrigued by Kazai Pickett getting a bunch of those CBAs, but not enough to really consider starting him. All right, uh, next game, we let's get through this. Dockers, Crows, Dockers, CBAs, O'Meara, 80%, Brody 76, Sarong, 68, Brayshaw, 64, and Aish at 12. Crows, Berry was the leader with 68, Laird, Schoenberg, Crouch all had above 40. Saligo, Rankin, Rochelle, Brown, and Keyes all rolled through. And from a ruck perspective, O'Brien had 87, 87.5% CBAs, which was the number one for the week and who would have been next i'm looking for sean darcy at 75 percent yeah so luke jackson got the 25 and himmelberg picked up the rest for the crows yeah Um, so they said they liked jackson they liked jackson as a forward um he won't play the second game because he's got a concussion so he's not going to play against port adelaide which is makes it harder to judge a sean darcy i think he's still a solid pick, and he was in my December draft of my team. Yeah, I think Sean Darcy's well and truly back on my radar, but I, it's very hard to then judge it without that second game and seeing um, seeing what that, that split is. And there's also still the concern that, you know, Riley O'Brien feels like a real Sean Darcy matchup, whereas a Tom DeConning is like screams Luke Jackson matchup for when they play the Blues, and I'm still worried that it's a week-by-week proposition. Um, where, you know, it's not so much, oh, Sean Darcy's going to monster this this person this week. It's, oh, we're going to send Luke Jackson in, and then Sean Darcy's going to monster the poor third tall defender um, coming out of the goal square. So, um, yeah, I'm still a little bit worried there. I would still probably won't touch him, but it's, it's you know, Frio will play that same midfield, that, you know, the same thing they did last year. It's just that, you know, Jay Gromira swaps in for uh, for David Mundy. That's that's it. Um from from the Dockers side of things, they are still missing a few players, um, and um, Hayden Young was not overly influential. But I anyway, it's it's hard to judge. You you have another look next week. Um, but the Dockers, I think, pretty much delivered what we expected them to. And if you if you wanted Brayshaw, if you're backing Sarong to break out, if you you yeah. You know, if you're still big on Jackson, there's probably enough there. Jackson looked really good around the ground. I was really impressed um, with him and thought his CBAs would be a bit higher based on how much he had the ball, but I kind of watched the first quarter and a half before I had to head off. So, yeah, it's hard, a bit hard to judge. Do you have anyone from these teams in your side? Um, I do not. Neither do I, and I think that probably says enough for now. Yeah, Rory Laird looked – sorry, I have Rory Laird – in there actually at the minute um hey he's a pretty big one he's a pretty big one and you know didn't get out of third gear and still had you know 15 touches in the quarter and a half i watched he will do the same thing as he did last year he's a beast he's a beast and i lied i have luke peddler in, in my team 
Yeah, Ped, Peddler's an interesting one, not getting um, really the CBAs yeah. that we kind of wanted from him, but so he'll play half forward, which makes his scoring a bit iffier. Yeah, um, at 173k, it makes him a bit less yeah, enticing, yeah. but we will watch as we progress uh, yeah. through this week of practice matches. But let's move on to Eagles power. And yes, sorry, we're not the, we're not giving the WA teams justice, but we've got to go uh, soon. Eagles, courtesy of Matt Forrest, CBA is Sheed, 72, Yo, 60, Kelly, 52, Gaff, 40, O'Neill, and Cully were in. Power, Horn, Francis, 76, Wines, 64, Rosie, 52. And I, I think I said last week, any game he gets more than 52, he averages like 112. Yep, that sounds Jones, about right. Jones, Drew, and Pow Pepper. Um, and then for the rucks in this game, it was Lysette with 52%. Uh, and he was playing alongside Teakle, 33%. And West Coast, it was, uh, there was no Nick Nat. So it was Williams and Jamison. Oofed. What a, you know, going from, from Gorn and Grundy to Jamison and Williams, truly the roller coaster of. Of, of rocking life. This didn't really change my mind on anyone this game. I try not to let it affect me too much. I think Yo is too hard to ignore at this point. Yep, Yo plays Dom midfielder. I still, I'm in the minority with Dom Sheet in my team, but he's been there for a while and I, I just like it. It's, it's, I think it's a low floor pick. And then Jinbi and uh, Chesser didn't play. I don't know if actually Jinbi played or not. Jinbi did not play, no. He's, that makes uh, it he harder a, to just toe, injured toe, I think. Yeah, don't love that. And Rosie's in my side. Uh, yep. I don't, I'm not buying into a Horn Francis hype. I like Wines as a bounce back year, but I'm not picking him. And Cully, I know he's been floated as a mid pricer by a few people, but he's just not someone I I, I want to touch it. Like 260k, no. 276. He's a mid only. <laughs> if, he was, if he was mid forward, and sign me up. But uh, no, not as a mid only. Um, no, I look. Sheed will be fine. He'll just be kind of a, a step behind Jacob Hopper, I think. So, yeah, all right. Breaking he... news, by the way. Ooh, breaking Henry news. Henry will undergo surgery on his foot. That uh, Jack, Jack Henry. Jack Henry from Geelong. Sava Radagalia comes firmly into calculations for Geelong via Matt Forrest. Huge. Huge. Matt Forrest delivering the goods yet again. This whole um, podcast is we should have got him on, but we anyway, probably should happy have, to yeah. just happy to just steal his hard work, to be honest. Yep. I mean he's he can't see straight based on staring at screens for that long. So and he's talking incoherent rambling um, of just names and numbers and CBAs and percentages. So maybe we've done everyone a favor. Lockie Jones, I'm interested in. I was kind of like half interested in um, 40% CBAs is intriguing. He was on a wing for a lot of other stretches as well. Um, 260K forward slash defender. Um, maybe. I I don't know. I don't know how he'd fit him in, but he's someone I'll be watching again next week with interest. But beyond that, you know, I've got Yo in the side. I've got Rosie in my side. I, I, nothing else has, has particularly jumped out. Nothing else that I think needs to be really changed, unless you're one of those people that thought that Bryn Teekle lining up in the A side <laughs> over a practice match a week ago meant that he was suddenly ahead of Scott Lysette. Un- no, don't have him at R2. Stop it. Just go in, change your side. Do not change it so Wasava Radigalia is at R2. Put a put a proper Ruckman in there and then put someone else in the forward line. If Finally, 
patch. The Bulldogs had an intra-club. I'm not even going to talk about it other than I'd like to see Caleb, if Caleb Daniel's actually going to play midfield next week against a real team. Yep, that's the thing I'm interested in. And then Ed, Ed Richards as well has interested me all preseason. Maybe, he, yeah, I don't know. I want. I need to see it uh, in the flesh. And in GWS. Tom Green. Tom Green. Oh, it's, it's happening. It's happening. I mean, look, I know, I know they were playing GWS reserves and VFL side. I know that they were missing Josh Kelly and they're missing Stephen Kinnigliog. And, you know, it was kind of a, 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 a practice match intra club hit out. But, but he got 50 touches. Don't care. I don't, <laughs> I I don't care that you don't care. Daniel Lloyd and James Peeling kicked three goals each. Jake Riccardi kicked four. Uh. There's not a lot you can take out of that. I was picking Tom Green anyway. It just gave me an excuse to get very aroused over it. Um, I just haven't been sold on him. I just don't. I just don't like. Like I, I know it's probably going to burn me, and all the signs are there. But I actually haven't had anyone who's been able to convince me that he's he's going to be better than his price point. I, I, I'm looking at the fact that he he was denied the CBAs at the back end of last year when when Hopper came back, when some who else came back? There was somebody else that came back into that side and basically oh, Taranto, um, and just cut his CBAs. He was then playing half forward a fair bit, um, and he also tired a bit as well, um, which you know after another preseason less likely to happen and the CBAs will be there all year unless they draft Clayton Oliver in the mid season draft. Um, I, I just I think he's getting he's basically treat him as injured for the second half of last year and that puts him underpriced. I think he'll he'll get close to his output from the first half of the season for the whole year is what I'm looking at. And that was averaging hundred and ten. Okay. Anyway, I just had I just wanted to do my spiel. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll leave it there because we got some real pretend games to talk about next week. Patch, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Lackdog, for indulging this, you know, 49-minute discussion for me just to talk about Tom Green at the end. I do appreciate it and love you dearly. Yeah, it's going to be funny when I cut it out. Um, and shout out to uh, the mailbag. Make sure you go listen to Damo and Clarkie doing good shit. Yeah, I'm on the mailbag this week, so you'll hear me talking more about Tom Green a bit later on. And Lackdog, you were on last week. I was. It was all, fun. All of their guests must have abandoned them and pulled out. 100%. All right. I'll uh, chat to you next week, buddy. See you later, Lake Dog. See you later, community. Love your heaps. <laughs>